Hello, and welcome back to The Haunting Podcast. I'm your host, Tegan. And I'm Jordan. Today, we have a special guest. We have my mother. Say hi, Mom. Hey, baby. (laughs) So my mom has worked in the medical field. My mom has had a lot of experiences. My mom is a beacon for uh, spiritual activity, as it seems. The rest of our family is as well, actually. Uh, We have a lot of very paranormal things that tend to happen to us, so I thought it would be fun to start getting in members of my family to tell their personal experiences. So today, my mother is here with us. I am. You are. (laughs) So, Mom, tell us, what stories do you have for us today? I have a few. Sorry, so I figured I would start before any of you guys were ever born. Oh. Ghost I mean, Ooh, that seems like such forever ago. Oh my gosh, Jordan, I forgot you were even here. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shortly before you guys were ever born. Uh, so um, when I was pregnant with Kyle. My older brother, my his, oldest brother. Yeah, his old, her oldest brother. Um, we were over at his dad's brother's house. And, you know, I was very, very, very pregnant. And I didn't want to go out. And those guys all wanted to go out bar hopping. Uh, obviously, not going out bar hopping pregnant. Um, so I just fell asleep on the couch while they were out. Um, I woke up and I just, I could not breathe. I could not breathe to save my life. And when I looked at the end of the couch, there was a shadow figure there. Mm, no, that's not for me. Thank you. No. <laughs> Goodbye. It, it definitely was not for me either. Yeah. But uh, so there's a shadow figure there. I can't breathe. I can't move. Nothing. I'm trying everything, just everything. And it seemed like it went on for hours and hours. I'm sure it was just a couple minutes, but uh, hours and hours. Finally, I was able to move just my right arm and the whole thing just disappeared. Oh, that's super creepy, Mom. Yeah, I mean, you still had that um, really just oppressive air in them. The heaviness in the air. Yeah, the really heaviness in the air. And um, that lasted until, you know, Kyle's dad came home. And then that kind of went away, but it was very suffocating and very scary. Oh, that is. That is unsettling. You know what that reminds me of? What's that? There was one time in this house that we are currently in, in this apartment, um, only one time that I ever saw a shadow figure, and I had woken up in the middle of the night to ha- to go to use the bathroom. We had a like window in or we have a window in our living room and that window illuminates everything in the living room as you know mother (laughs) but um it it like doesn't create shadows like people standing there there is a couch that is currently there that was not there at the time and so i'm walking past the living room to go to the bathroom fully awake and i turn and there's just a shadow figure, just like almost like six foot tall, human shaped shadow figure standing in the living room. And I look at it and I go, I don't have time for this. And I go to use the bathroom and then I come back and lay down for bed. I've had many things that I haven't had time for and I just <laughs> went to bed because I didn't want to deal with it. Exactly. I mean, well, you know how many shadow figures we have at the current house. Yeah, we do have a lot of shadow figures back at that house. That was always a big i i remember one time um it was you our aunt shell my aunt shell and uh shayla had gone out my other my older sister 
had gone out to like Wisconsin Dells or something, I had volunteered to stay home with my niece and nephew, my sister's kids, so that she could go. And I remember one night I actually fell asleep in the bedroom with the kids. And I remember waking up to the sound of footprints, almost like boot prints, walking towards the bed. And as they would get to a certain part of the bed, it would almost like uh, rewind and do it again. Like it would, it would stop at the end of the bed and then I'd hear it again back at near the closet coming towards the bed. And I was obviously kind of freaking out at that. And I remember looking up into the window and the window from that bedroom, I could see up into your bedroom and your bedroom light was on. So I went upstairs like, oh, I, I used it as an excuse to get out of the bedroom. And I went upstairs to go turn it off like, oh, the light's on. It was already off by the time I got upstairs. It was the weirdest thing. That house has a lot of just weird events happen in it. It does. And it's weird because we are literally the only family that's lived in it. Didn't that house, though, have like um, a shed in the back of that yard? Because I remember even to this day at nighttime, if I'm at your house, I will look into like the back of that yard. And it's just there's something about it that is just unsettling. There was a, There was actually a whole house that was there. Oh, really? There was a whole house that was there way back when the subdivision, the subdivision that we live in used to be used for rum runners. So it was done during prohibition times. So people had stills out there and everything. So I'm sure it has a history where there's a lot of deaths have happened through there. I didn't know that. Oh my God. No, I didn't know that. I always just was under the assumption. I'm sure it's because I was a kid. So you didn't want to tell me the full history of it. But I was always under the assumption that that was just a shed. It's always been described to me as just a shed. I never oh, no. actually saw it. It was a whole house. It was a whole house. Oh, my God. Um, and if you go out into the yard now, say go about 10 o'clock on a nice summer night, you can see shadow people running between the yards. I just, I don't remember seeing anything. I'm going to have to come over one late one night. I don't remember seeing anything, but I do remember just the feeling of something being back there. Yeah. If, if you just sit back on the deck and you're really quiet and just sit there, they'll start showing up. Oh, that is unsettling. We're going to have to do that one night. <laughs> I'm good with that. We can because I, I, it'd be nice to have company out there. <laughs> As you're watching the shadow figures go back and forth. <laughs> right. But mom, I hear there was a time... I don't really remember the story, but I hear there was a time you lost like 20 minutes. I did at work, at work. I, I've always worked night, well, I no longer work night shift, but I worked night shift when you guys were little. And um, I was a, like a nurse's aide, what they would call a nurse's aide in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I went in to do a patient's blood sugar check. Well, when we went in, we would write notes on a little piece of paper because then you would have to go and document it in the patient's chart. So I go in the room, I write down the time I'm starting the blood sugar, I go, I get the equipment ready, I turn around, and next thing I know, the patients just look at me, and he goes, you know, is it a full moon? And I look back at the clock, and it was 20 minutes later. Wow. What a weird thing for him to say, 20 too. minutes later. I, I, I was, I was kind of like... I don't know if it's a full moon, and I don't know what just happened, and I don't know if you did something or I did something, uh, but I just proceeded to do what I needed to do. I got out of the room, and I did not go back in that room the rest of the night. You were just leaving that poor man behind, like, bye. He was fine. He was fine. 
obviously he's up to something. I don't know what it was, but it was creepy. Uh, and that same floor, we we had so many weird things have it happen. Was that the um, Palatine floor? Uh, at the time, it was a general medical, and then I went into the palliative unit. Palatine, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I always thought that that was the same floor as... It, it, one department was the front end of that, and the second one was the back half of it. Okay, I see. What about... What about um, is palliative care? What about palliative. that? Palliative. Palliative. What about palliative care? Have you ever had anything weird happen in palliative care? I have. I have. So if anybody doesn't know, palliative care is kind of like just a step up from um, hospice. Uh, So the patients go there, but they're not expected to live. And uh, we had a patient. We just had a bad night, bad night. Uh, We had a patient come in the room, passed away. Second patient admitted into the room, passed away. Third patient gets in there. We get her all settled. Um, this patient literally came in kind of comatose, right? You, she, we moved her to the bed and everything. She couldn't move. All of a sudden, we hear this screaming and stuff from that room. Go into the check on her. She is crawling up out, out of that bed. She just wanted out of there. Oh God. And so, you know, we're trying to talk to her, trying to keep her in the bed, because I don't think if she stood up, she would have been able to hold herself. Uh, but... We're trying to talk to her, and she just keeps pointing at the corner of the room, and she's like, I don't want to be the third. I don't want to be the third. The lady in the corner is telling me I'm going to be the third. Oh, hell no. That's not what I need in that care. Right. And obviously, this patient was not aware of other patients that were in the room prior to her. You know, that's not like information we give out. I do have a... Okay, was the the two other uh, people who were in the room that passed away, were they women? They were all women. They were all women. They were all women. Here, it sounds like maybe somebody did. Somebody had a thing, and so you know we're like you know of course we're freaking out, Um, (laughs) and uh, and we're like no 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 you're fine you're fine you're fine. Uh, Before the end of my shift, that lady passed away. That is unsettling, and that was all within like twenty four hours of each other, right? Like you just well that was within a twelve hour shift. Oh my god. And so, um, so we didn't put any patients in that room for a couple of days. Yeah, I don't think I would either. <laughs> I wouldn't um, want to be placed in there. No, I mean to be fair, you wouldn't know. You would, yeah, you obviously would not know. But if you had somebody like just coming to the corner of your room, being like, "Hey, you're gonna die today," um, yeah, I don't think I'd be. That sounds like there was something in that room taking people. Well, the crazy thing is that used to be part of the original unit I worked for before they split up the floors. And I never liked to go in that room when I was just on the general medical floor. I hated that room. No way. It always had like, what? Like, why? Why did you hate it? You would walk in the room and it was like there was no air in the room. It was, it just felt like somebody was watching you from every corner of that room. Was it colder in that room? It was, but you you know me, I'm a bad judge of cold because I'm always cold. <laughs> My mom is cold if it's under 80 degrees. I'm pretty sure she's cold right now in our office. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I could walk in and it'd be totally perfect normal temperature and I'd be like, oh my God, I need a parka. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that one would sit right on me for a while. Like, I don't know how I would handle that one. That one would uh, stay with me. Yeah, it, it was cr- Well, obviously it's never left me. It's never left me. Oh, oh yeah, and I don't, I don't really blame you for that. 
And yeah, that same floor too, you would feel there'd be nobody there. You'd be in the hall and you'd feel somebody just rub their hand across your back. Oh no, that's unsettling. It's a hospital. That happens. <laughs> I mean, I've been to the hospital many a times, mostly to visit you. Right. Uh, right. I've never had anyone rub their hand down my back, and I'm thankful for right. that. Right. I would have that happen all the time. I'd feel somebody like brush my hair. Their, my, you know, get somebody ran their hands through your hair. Oh, <sighs> no. That's like my worst fear. I don't want people touching my hair, dead or alive. I've had patients know my name before I introduced myself. Nope. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, but are we sure that okay, I'm 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 going to be the skeptic here for right, a moment. Right. Are we sure that the another patient cuz you know like when I've been to the hospital, they'll tell you like, "Oh, I'm done here, so right. nurse such and such is going to come in and take over." Could that happen? Maybe, but on that floor for nights it really wasn't that. I mean, you know, being I okay. wasn't the nurse. Right, you were just the assistant. That's I mean, right. that's true. You know, could that potentially happen? Yes, but usually we would go in, write our name on the board, introduce ourselves. That's so scary, right? It's so scary. Yeah, I that's, wouldn't be that's okay. horrifying. Really, I mean, I won't <laughs> lie. Uh, so, but yeah, it's just creepy. What about any like a uh, light-hearted, funny stories? Do you have any like light-hearted, silly ghost stories? Yeah, let's I cut do. the tension here. I yeah, do. just a little bit here. And people aren't going to believe me, but um, when I was in high school, me and my best friend—oh my god, I know this one. <laughs> <laughs> me, me and my best friend were at her house. I was sleeping over at her house, and um, you know, we wanted to make a pizza because that's what you do when you're in high school at midnight. And uh, we put the pizza in the oven, everything, little electric oven, just uh, put it there, electric oven. We put the pizza in the oven. It cooked, but the oven wasn't plugged in. I've heard this story many of times, and I've never actually asked this question, but did stuff often happen at this friend's house? It did. She would see, she always said she saw a woman, an Indian woman standing in her backyard. Um. Like a Native American woman or Native, an Indian Native, woman? Okay. Native American. No, I just want, I'm sorry. I just wanted to be yeah. clear and, about that. Uh, yeah. You know, she would have, she'd go down into her basement and the lights would randomly turn off. Oh, no. Um, it's like the like townhouse. That. It's totally like the townhouse. Was it near the townhouses? It is probably about four blocks from the townhouse. Oh, okay. So it was in that area. So um, for those who, you know, aren't from around where we are, uh, we have these townhouses. They are where my childhood home used to be. Uh, we lived in one of them for a long time. It was always very unsettling. We'll have to kind of maybe get into some more details of that a little bit later. Yeah, but, that um, place was definitely haunted. It was definitely haunted. I don't think, Mom, you never experienced any. It was just the kids. Yeah, it was just you guys. I mean, I never personally experienced anything Okay, there. yeah, so I'll have to see about talking to the siblings about that one, but... Uh, this place, uh, I remember there being like Native Americans and uh, soldiers that were seen there. So I will talk to my family about that one and see what we can get on here. But I do remember that. Yeah. And the fact that it was so close to the house kind of makes me wonder if it was the same type of situation. Right. And Kyle had the most experiences in that house. Yeah, well, he slept in, there was a basement in that house. And the basement had a bedroom where my brother Kyle had slept. And uh, I'll have to talk to him. I'll have to talk to him and see if we can't get him on here to say a few things. Yeah, they really went after him. They went after him big time. And we weren't the only tenants that had experiences in there. Um, We had other tenants that would talk about 
experiences they had. Like in the units around us? In the units around us, yeah. You know what this is all reminding me of? What's that? Shortly after Grandpa died. And right. all of the weird stuff that happened in his house. I don't know why that reminded me of it, but it did. Do you remember the baby? I do. Oh I do. My gosh. Okay, tell me that from your point of view. Well, at the time, just to set it up, uh, both my mom and dad were sick. Well, my dad had just passed away. My mom was sick in the hospital. Uh, we went over to the house to clean the house. My mother and I. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Me and Tegan went over to the house to kind of clean up and get it ready for my mom to come home. And we we walk in the door. We're doing our thing. We hear a baby crying. This house was empty, absolutely empty. And this is a neighborhood where um, almost everybody is older. Right. Even the kids, like the kids are no younger than seven years old. And if they have kids, it's grandkids coming to visit. This is a, a, a well-established older neighborhood. And uh, yeah, it, it was an infant. Like it, it sounded like right. an infant. Coming from the upstairs. And this is a split level house. Um, so there was just like this baby crying. And then all of a sudden, my dad, when he shows up, you will, he was a heavy smoker. You will always smell his cigarette smoke. Very distinctive. And we smelled that, and all of a sudden the baby quit crying. Hmm. Now, a fun little quick history. When Before my mom was born, when my grandma was a lot younger, she actually miscarried a baby. So I've always wondered and theorized that maybe when my grandfather passed away, he was reunited with this miscarried baby because my grandfather loved babies. Oh, yeah, he was all about kids. Oh, all about kids. And if they were a family kid, spoiled. <laughs> Um, so I've always wondered if that was just him like reuniting with the baby, maybe, maybe showing him around the house. Like I just, it was the weirdest thing. Why, why the baby knows this? And you know what? In all honesty, that was probably one of the only positive or neutral paranormal things that happened. Right. Well, in that house, the rest was very negative. Right. Well, though, when you think about it, when you would be having a stressful moment in that house or you were just really feeling down on yourself, sometimes grandpa's, all the, the cigarette smoke would show up. It would. It would. And those were the good, those were like the really, really good ones. But when my grandmother got sick. Oh, those were all dark. Those were bad. They were really bad. They were really bad. My grandmother's house became like almost infested with this negative energy. And I think part of it was how she perceived the world and how her um, energy was being placed in it because she became ne- very negative when she they started to, yeah. she was very angry. She was, she did not want to go. She did not want to go in the way that she was going. And it was just one of those things that, you know, like it attracted a lot of negative energy I remember one time I was sleeping there and Jordan Jordan was actually with me this night. It was me and Jordan. We were sleeping in Right, I remember this. Yes, we were sleeping in the guest bedroom and Jordan just kept wait well you know what, honey, why don't you tell this part by your your remembrance, like how you remember it? I was just uncomfortable and the vibes were pretty like not there really. And- it was just it was just an uncomfortable vibe and it was always like uh, the way the house was. It was always hot, and I'm a very cold weather person. I can't really sleep in the heat. Not uh, really my grandmother at all. did leave it very hot in that house, and the bed was hard. And it was just, it was, it was like a perfect storm of me just not wanting to be there longer than I have to. 
So I told him because he was tossing and turning and he said that he just felt weird in the house. And Jordan is not one to feel energy. Nope. Um, so he was just very uncomfortable. And I finally told him, you know what? Just go. Just leave. Because there's no point in both of us being tired. Because he was keeping me up. So he leaves. And I immediately go back to sleep into this. I don't know what this dream was. I don't, I think this was more than just a dream. So I, I fall back asleep. Jordan is now gone, right? So I fall back to sleep and then I wake up and I wake up and I'm in my bed alone and I'm in, I'm in the dream at this point. And I'm, I'm fairly aware that it's a dream, um, but I'm sitting there in bed and I'm facing away from the closet. There was a closet right at the end of one of the beds. So I, I'm facing away from it and I'm sleeping and I open my eyes and I look up and there's almost like, octopus tentacles kind of like crawling up on the wall and they started to crawl down the other side of the wall they had been on the ceiling they started to crawl down the other side of the wall and there was a noise from downstairs and it all almost just kind of like sucked like like if you could imagine like a like a slurping noise like going back into the closet and (laughs) <laughs> that was that middle bedroom, right? That was the middle bedroom. This was your this was your childhood bedroom. Yeah. But for the record, you know, during the seventies, Ouija boards were the thing. Mom, did you use a fucking Ouija board in that closet when I was like in junior high? Ha <laughs> ha! That explains so much, then, doesn't but, it? But at that time, it was just marketed as like a toy. We used it in Girl Scouts and stuff. I, I know it's have you know. Bradley. I mean, it's like right? Monopoly doesn't summon ghosts. I will have you know that from a young age, that closet. Has creeped me oh, out. It creeped me out after that. I'll tell you how I got rid of that Ouija board. I got so freaked out by it. Okay, wait, no, wait, hold on though. I'm sorry. This is. I'm. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. You need to tell this Ouija board story in general because I did not know about this. Well, it was just I got it for Christmas because we would use it in Girl Scouts all the and time. And also, is this the reason that you always tell us to not bring a Ouija board into the house? Exactly. Oh I won't have it's one. It's the origin stories. Let's listen. I, but, no, so I got it. You know, and I'm, I'm in junior high, so I'm like, oh, you know, who am I going to marry? Is it going to be like this pop star that I have a crush on or whatever? And you know what was funny? The Ouija board would always tell me like, yeah, you're going to marry that pop star. Um <laughs> And, you know, and stuff like that. But then it would start getting like really dark and the, it, it would just do weird things. Like the thing would move all over the board even when I wasn't asking questions. You know, I'd have my fingers on it, but I was kind of trying to think of a question. Well, when you buy that thing, nobody reads the instructions. I didn't know you were supposed to close the board. Yeah, you're supposed to say goodbye, Mom. I know. I didn't know that. Oh, no, Mom. And, But the thing started freaking me out because I couldn't stand having my closet door open. It's like the air... It's like literally the air from the room would suck into that damn closet. Oh, excuse me. It's fine. <laughs> into that closet. And uh, so it freaked me out so bad, I literally drove it to a grocery store garbage dumpster. Ma. And got rid of it that way. And you never said goodbye. I never closed That's it. That's amazing. Whatever is there is still there to this day. Right. I never, well, I didn't know you were supposed to close it because when we did it in our Girl Scout meetings, we never closed it. I want everybody who is listening right now to know that my mother has been very adamant to instill the fear of Ouija boards into all of her children. And this is apparently why. Right. Okay, so I know you were saying that it like moved around and it would say you were marrying Sylvia. Obviously, it wanted you to like think that it it was good. It was telling me what I wanted to hear. Did anything 
happened after you got rid of the board? So it was shortly after I got rid of the board. I was, I would have trouble sleeping at night. I would just, I always felt like somebody was watching me. I always felt like somebody was walking around the room when I had my eyes closed. And so this kid that I used to hang out with, he was like, why were you up all last night? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, I saw somebody standing in your window. No, mom, mom. He thought it was me. He thought it was me. Even Jordan knows this. I have said this over the years. I might have said this to you. I hate driving away from the house because I feel like whenever I'm going to look, specifically in that window, specifically in that window, I've always been... Like, I am afraid to look up into that house because I am afraid that if I look up, I'm going to see something looking out the window of me. I have that fear. You're telling me all of this now? Well, yeah, I just thought of it. But no, he thought I was just being weird. It was a weekend day. He thought I was just being weird and walking around the room. I was asleep all night. No. (laughs) Mom. So many of my childhood fears right now are getting explained, <laughs> and I don't know how to process this. Congratulations. I don't know how to process this. So this is why you don't make something that will help you speak to the other side a child's game. That's why you just don't mess with Ouija boards. I, don't, I, I kid you not, when I say I don't even allow a Ouija board pillow. Well, don't have a welcome sign either. Or a welcome mat. Wait, really? Yeah. Wait, but... Okay. You can have a welcome mat. It can't just, say welcome. It can't say welcome. No, that makes sense because you're welcoming in anything. Exactly. Well, I never really thought about that. I'll be honest with you. But yeah, no, I have a very strict no Ouija board, anything like no pillows, no decorations, nothing with a Ouija board is allowed in our house. Jordan likes to constantly make jokes about it. So many. And I, he thinks that she I'm... Touched a, she touched a Ouija board at the escape room. I just want to <laughs> put that out there. I did. And I immediately dropped it as soon as you I realized... You spelled like two letters, I then did. dropped it. I oh, God. did. I spelled two letters and then dropped it. I realized you what I was it. getting... Did you say goodbye? We did, actually. <laughs> I wasn't having that. I was like, no, 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 no. Hold on. No, but um, yeah, so uh, apparently my octopus claws actually came from somewhere, mother. Well, well, I, I was just trying to find out if I was going to marry this pop star. Yeah. And is because it... it's such an embarrassing one, I'm not even going to tell you who it is. Is it Corey Hart? No, it was Leif Garrett. Oh, oh Leif Garrett. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little shook right now. I'm, I'm over it, lie. though. I'm over not marrying him now. <laughs> you sure? Uh, but no, so kind of to just give a little like, you know, little gloss over of what happened. Um, I ended up going downstairs and Jordan had still been there in my dream. And he was talking to my brother who had been downstairs in the basement in this dream. So Jordan ends up leaving and I go downstairs to talk to my brother who is smoking inside of grandma's house. And I'm like, yeah, what are you doing smoking inside grandma's house? Like, that's not cool. And the overall feel of this dream the entire time was a very big, like, heaviness. It was just very heavy. It was very um, oppressive. It was a very oppressive energy the entire time. And I remember as I was, like, having this dream, I was getting angrier and angrier. 
And so I asked Wayne why he was smoking outside of the garage. And he goes, well, there's something in the garage. So at this point, I remember in my dream, I was livid. I was ready to physically fight anything. I don't know why I was so mad, but I was. And so I walked up to the garage door and I opened it and I heard things shuffling around and I screamed, you need to like get out, leave me alone. Like who's in there? Stop it. And all the shuffling stopped. And I go in there, get to the top of the stairs and the things that were on the left side of the garage are now on the right side of the garage. The things that are on the right side of the garage are now on the left side of the garage. And that's why I woke up. I don't understand it. I don't know what it was, but it just... I can't express in words how oppressive and scary that energy was throughout the entire thing. Like when I went out to the garage, it didn't feel like I was going out there to just like be like, hey, what's up? You know, like what's going on? It felt like I was going in there to battle, like to battle for everything that I had. And I just, I remember waking up and I um, turned off the sound machine like I had to get ready for work. So I turned off the sound machine. I turned off the fan. Um, my phone was fully charged and off. Um, not off, but you know, it wasn't playing anything. And so by this point, I've turned off my fan. I've turned off the sound machine. My phone's not making any noise. I get up. I walk to the bathroom. I use the bathroom. I wash my hands. I walk out of the bathroom and I get into the bedroom and there is just whispering, uncoherent whispering. That kind of just slowly fades as I enter the bedroom. And that's it. Like I, I got ready for work and I went to work. Right. And you have always had stuff come to you in dreams. Even from little, you've had really? stuff come to you in dreams. I don't remember anything. Like I remember this being like, that was like one of the first things that I remember happening to me in a dream. Well, you had the, the guy in the blue truck. I didn't realize he was really in a dream, though. Like, I don't remember a dream about him. Well, maybe I thought it was a dream. But I, it might have. I just don't. Like, I personally like, just don't remember actually dreaming him about it. Do you have a story? Well, you were just telling me. You were constantly telling me about this man in a blue truck put mud on your dress. You were very adamant that this man put mud on your dress. And then there were times that we would, this was in the townhouse. Um, there was times that we would be in other areas of the house and stuff, and then you would tell me the man in the blue truck was there, or the man is over here. But an interesting side note to that, Freya has talked about a man in a blue truck, his, her niece. Freya is my mom's granddaughter, my niece. She's only about seven years old, and no. And it's not within the last couple of years. She, But it was about two years ago she ma- mentioned to me a man in a, a blue truck. Was in her dreams. Oh God. <laughs> I told her to tell him that he wasn't allowed to stay. Yeah, that's a good thing to tell him because he shouldn't have stayed for me. But she was very adamant. She would be... Me. Tegan, Tegan would be very, very adamant. She was very angry about this man in a blue truck who put mud on her dress. And I've always thought, like, was she channeling, like, some little girl that got buried or something? Oh, Okay. <laughs> but you know stuff like that. Yeah, it, that that is very, um, very unsettling. But mom, uh, we are coming to a close in our session today. So I was wondering, is there any stories that you would like to tell before we tune off for the night? I think one of my favorite ones, and I know we don't have time. 
We that, got made, time. that made me feel good is after my dad died, he actually came to me. Um, the night before, we took him down to where he was born in Mississippi to be buried. And I was asleep in my bed. My cat at the time woke me up because she just went flying off the bed. But in the corner of my room, there was a white orb, and it just kept changing sizes. And it smelled like my dad's cigarette smoke. So I was just like, Dad? And the orb just disappeared. But then I found other family members had also seen the orb. Yeah, uh, I was one of them. I, I remember it was after we got to Mississippi to bury him. We put him in a recliner that was behind the couch. I ended up sleeping on this couch because I was having an asthma attack. And uh, we couldn't really take me to a hospital because there wasn't really one around where we were in Mississippi. And it wasn't so bad that I couldn't breathe. It was just we needed to get me out of the room that I was in because it was very mildewy. And so I was laying on the couch, kind of just wheezing, trying to get my breath back, uh, going, kind of just going through the motions of like just trying to keep my breath. And I remember saying out loud, Grandpa, I need you not to worry about me. I really just need some sleep tonight. And I remember falling asleep. And then I remember waking up in the middle of the night to a warm glow from behind me and in the chair where Grandpa was, we had cremated him where grandpa was, was just an orb sitting there glowing and glowing. And I remember going, I'm okay, grandpa. And the light just it was disappeared. Super relaxing. It was super, it was very calming. Do you know like those, uh, like string lights, like the star lights or something that you have on when you're a kid on a bed or something to just kind of like give that like warm yellow glow to it. And it just, it feels very relaxed. That's the, that's the type of like feeling you got when my grandpa's orb would come around. It was. It, it was. was. But um, on that note, guys, we are out of time. So thank you for joining us tonight. Yes, thank you so much. Mom, thank you for coming and telling your stories. Thank you for having me. You know I love to talk about this. <laughs> and you guys have a good night. Stay safe. Stay safe, guys. This has been The Haunting Podcast. Do you have an idea for an episode or just want to leave a comment and say hi? Visit our website at thehauntingpodcast.com for this, show notes, and other extras. Thank you for listening, and have a good night.